I'm not one that will sit down and, and necessarily turn on the TV and watch the news, but I found myself during this doing it every day. I, I think it's really elevated the importance of local news. While that's very important, what's happening with coronavirus on the federal level, most people really want to know what's happening with that virus where they live. And that's where we come into play. You're listening to Inside Skookum, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a growing tech company. Today, Brad and I are sitting down with news anchor Allison Lottis. We're recording this in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we wanted to do a series of interviews to see how different industries and businesses are changing the way they work, think, and act during a worldwide quarantine. So we thought, what better place to start than with someone in an industry that is front and center through it all, the news. Allison is an award-winning journalist who has been anchoring in Charlotte for almost eight years. I really enjoyed this interview, and I think you will too. So with that, let's get to know Allison Lottis. Allison is uh, one of the anchors for Channel 9, WSOC, the ABC affiliate here in Charlotte. Uh, full disclosure, she is also my wife. And so we uh, were able to pull some strings. I talked mm-hmm. to her people. We put a ring on it. My people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were able to get her on the podcast. Uh, yeah, you it's didn't have to put a ring on it to get me on the podcast. That happened years ago. But <laughs> here I am. Allison and Josh are together on a podcast. Yeah, it's finally it took, happened. It took a global pandemic for, for it to happen. Yeah, that we wanted to sit down with people across multiple industries and just talk to them about how are their lives changing from a work perspective and how are they still trying to deliver their products and services as efficiently and as effectively as they were before this quarantine happened. And we thought, what better place to start than with the news industry? Because this is an industry that unlike us in the tech field, we've had a lot of tools at our disposal that have made it easy for us to go remote. That's not the case with, with news. You know, we, we see where uh, reporters and photographers maybe are streaming uh, from a live truck out in the field somewhere, but to have anchors and reporters who are doing everything from their home, this has never happened before. So Allison, can you kind of walk us through what does life look like for you guys now? Because overnight, in a blink of an eye, everything is totally Everything changed. Uh, I came home from work on a Monday with my laptop computer, not thinking that would be the last time I went back to the station until this is over. And, And really on the fly had to start figuring out how are we going to gather news? How are we going to conduct interviews? How are we going to bring people the important information they need and do it when we're stuck in our house? Especially for me now being significantly pregnant in the third trimester, it it kind of complicated my ability to do my job because once they announced that pregnant women were considered high risk, my managers thankfully said, okay, so you're going to stay at home and we're going to figure out how you can contribute to our newscasts via Skype and Zoom. And so um, that's how I've been doing interviews now. And that's not something that we ever really used before. If you think about it, all of our interviews in the 15 years I've been in TV news have been done face-to-face and in person where you're literally putting a microphone on someone's shirt collar and you're sitting down across from them a lot closer than six feet and you're conducting that interview in person and you're working with a photographer 
in the vehicle with them every day, driving around town. Um, and now all of a sudden that's changed. And I'm recording interviews with people through Skype and I'm we transferring the footage to a photographer who's also working from home, who's going to edit that way and then send it to the station. And so it's been a big learning curve for us, um, especially too, when you think about TV news for the longest time has been very formal in our broadcast. You sit in a studio, anchors are behind a desk. And now because of social distancing requirements, we've really cut back on the number of people who are even working in the building. And that means one of the anchors is now working from home. Our meteorologists are now forecasting from home. So you're seeing our TV reporters and anchors in their own very intimate settings. You know, I, I'm now broadcasting from our second child's nursery instead of a, a studio. So it's gotten very interesting very quickly. Allison, in terms of, and this may be not the like the the right timing for this, but I guess one of my questions is I'm I'm interested in how do you think things will change moving forward, assuming, you know, things kind of go back to normal. And what are some of the things that through this experience of having to change your workflow and how you're operating and how you handle things like from a news media perspective, what do you think are things that might stick um kind of post uh post covid i think before you know we were always hesitant we we used facetime or skype for interviews with people but it was always last resort you know if you couldn't get them in person if they were out of town if they somehow weren't available or they weren't in the charlotte market and we couldn't find someone else who was physically here we could interview then you would opt to use skype or facetime and I think now that's just becoming such a common way to hear from people that our, um, I, I don't, I don't want to say maybe we were a little judgmental about using those as platforms, but you know, you would always prefer to have the interview in person. And I think now we're, we're just kind of opening the doors to all different types of of interviews and that that being just as important or the quality being just as vital as something that's shot with a photographer who's got it framed up with the lighting and all of that. I think maybe those extras aren't as important now as the information is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in some ways, I think almost allowing for a little bit, uh, just things being a little bit more raw mm -hmm. and like that being okay. And like grace from the viewer and, to honestly, even from, uh, from yourselves as like a production agency. Absolutely. I was going to say, and you're seeing that, sorry, uh, to cut you off, Allison, and you're seeing that across the board. I mean, you're looking at shows that typically record in front of full-blown studio audiences that now, uh, like Allison, your show comes on right after Dr. Phil ends. And so I end up always seeing the last couple minutes of Dr. Phil waiting for the news to start to see you on the news. And it took me a couple of days to get used to the idea of he's broadcasting from a poker table in his basement. You know, that there's no way that that would have ever been something anyone considered. And now all of a sudden it's the norm. I think the expectation that everything be polished has been sort of eliminated because now everybody just understands at this point, the focus is on safety and 
our health, our viewers' health. And so uh, I think the expectation that everything be polished and perfect has been eliminated and that people are are okay with it being raw and are okay with the image maybe not being crystal clear and the audio maybe isn't perfect. But hey, you're still telling me new information about a pandemic that is changing every minute of every day and it's hard to keep up with. And that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to be able to do our jobs to provide that information that is so rapidly changing um, and so important. I mean, this is a this is a story unlike any I've ever covered before because we've had big events, but most of our coverage is in the, the breaking news situation when it's happening and then post. And we haven't gotten to the post yet. So we're still sort of in that constant breaking news situation because every morning the numbers are updated. Every morning we're finding out about new cases or tragically new deaths or changes in protocols at hospitals or businesses or what you can and can't do. And so we haven't even gotten to the point where we can look back and reflect yet and do reports on on how people are changing their lives or adapting since because we're still in the middle of it at this point. Yeah. And I'm sure even just from a uh, perspective of like everything is happening so quickly and every hour things are changing that it's almost just like you've, you've got to get it out now because it could be old news in, in a few hours or the next day or anything like that, where before you probably would have a little bit more time to develop a story and things like that. I think social media has become even more of a tool for us in our ability to dispense information. It, it was already a crucial part of the way we covered news using Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and you name it. But now that's how we're breaking news by the minute, because when you're having a daily press conference from the governors of North Carolina, South Carolina, President Trump on top of trying to put your planned newscasts on the air, it's a lot to juggle. And it's a lot to juggle when you are dealing with a skeleton crew in the actual TV station. And most of your people are now doing their jobs remote. We have producers who are producing newscasts from their homes. We have reporters and photographers who are gathering their news and editing remotely. We have crews who are assigned to work together who aren't meeting at the station every morning like they normally would because we're trying to keep people out of the building. So it's changed every aspect of the way we do our jobs. And I think, it, and we maybe take this for granted, Allison, uh, because you and I both work or have worked in the news world, um, so we're familiar with it. But I think for the folks listening who maybe aren't as savvy when it comes to the technology behind video, we a lot of times see Skype and Zoom and and these things, and we think like, hey, you got a laptop, you're good to go. But you're talking about a station um, and a platform that really to get to a broadcast platform um, as well as the online, like over the top platforms um, that a lot of us have come to know as well. There is such a large quantity of technology, like hardware technology. Like there are literally rooms um, in the station that are pulling signals and sending signals and, um, and transcoding and pushing and all this stuff, hardware that, that needs to be in place and operating outside of the stuff that like the everyday Skype user or Zoom user 
is maybe used to. So they don't see all of that side. And to know that you've got engineers who all of a sudden overnight had to just make a huge shift and figure out how to keep this product moving. It was a huge, oh, a huge it still is. They're, I mean, they're, they're not done, but it's, it's a monumental task for those. A guys. massive lift to get dozens and dozens of people who have never worked remotely doing so. And in a matter of days. I mean, it, it really is mind boggling. And I, I can't give enough props to the team of people who have made that happen. One in particular who I don't think he slept in weeks because you're trying to get everybody equipped with what they need to be able to tie in back at the station and connect that way and make sure that everybody's systems are operating so that you can do your job. Because if somebody gets locked out or their equipment isn't working um, and and they're your TV anchor, that's a problem. It's really been eye-opening to how quickly we've been able to adjust to a new normal that we never expected to be doing. I mean, never, never in my life did I think I'd be anchoring from home, reporting from home. It's never been done. I've never done that, but now I'm doing it every day. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's just so crazy how quickly it all happened. Like, it's just, I'm still like blown away as to like how, how fast things progressed and how quickly they progressed. I mean, yeah, full disclosure. And I don't even know if this can make the podcast, but I, I remember I was like, I was over at your guys' house like two weeks ago. And was like, oh, I'll just I'll just work from Josh and Allison's today. And then as I was leaving, I was like, don't do that again. Like, that's probably not good. Like, she's pregnant. And this is a terrible idea. Like, who knows who you're in contact with and uh, just the web of all how all that works. And it just finally hit me of like, no, 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 don't do this anymore. Well, and that just all happened so quick at like in real time. And I I think, you know, it, it was out of necessity. Had we not been facing something that put potentially everyone's health and lives at risk, I mean, if you're if you're going to be serious about it, it's not something to mess with. You really can't take a chance. And so we had no other choice than to try to figure out how to continue to put broadcasts on the air and to figure out how to adapt. Uh, I'm really proud of the way we've done it. I feel like if you watch any of our news content, you're seeing a variety of subjects all centered around coronavirus. I mean, we're not just talking about the numbers, but we're telling you about how it's impacting our school systems, our businesses, our restaurants, our local economy, our hospitals, you name it. And to be able to stay up to speed on all of that and to do it when even some of your coworkers are self-quarantining themselves because they may have come into contact with somebody who eventually tested positive. I mean, it's it's a scary reality when you see that. But to even have them still reporting from home in the middle of that, it just goes to show you the dedication and and really the passion that I think a lot of my coworkers at Channel 9 have for, for the job. Because it's a big responsibility on a normal day. And then when you find yourselves in the middle of a global pandemic, you realize even more how valuable your job is to people who depend on you to tell them when they can leave their house and what businesses they are they're allowed to go to. And yeah, no, I mean, I'm the I'm the first guy who's who doesn't really watch the news much. I read a lot of articles and see a lot of things like online and stuff like that. 
but I'm not one that will sit down and, and necessarily turn on the TV and watch the news. But I found myself during this doing it every day because you, you're like kind of hooked in as to what's happening. And so it is so vital, like you were saying, um, is that even people that normally wouldn't consume it in that form are consuming it. I, I think it's really elevated the importance of local news because if you never watched before and you got a lot of your content on the national level, you know, and you, you use social media platforms or Twitter and that's where, where you mostly just got your, your big picture information from, while that's very important, what's happening with coronavirus on the federal level, most people really want to know what's happening with that virus where they live. And that's where we come into play because we're telling you about the stay-at-home orders in your specific county. And we're telling you about the number of cases happening where you live. And I don't think that you're going to get that if you're not plugged into local news. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it just even how this has been handled from a national level has, I think, uh, for better or worse, whatever you think politically, it's been handed over a little bit more to the the local and state governments to kind of decide where they're going to land on some of these things, which, like you said, even even makes it more valuable um, to kind of get the news more locally on a state level as well. So uh, one thing I'm curious, Allison, as you've been reporting on all of this stuff is I think it's so easy to get drawn into the fear uh, to get drawn into the uh, anxiety that can result from this, something like this so easily. But I think it also gives the opportunity to see some great things happening and just see people doing some extraordinary, making extraordinary efforts to make a difference in a difficult time. Can you share, like, what are some of the things, are, are there moments that you've seen that have maybe been inspiring or have maybe forced you to stop and think like, wow, I wouldn't have, I would not have thought to do something like that. Yeah. I think, you know, with local news obviously comes the responsibility to share the very real statistics with the coronavirus every single day. And that can be overwhelming because you're talking about people who are sick and people who are passing away. But we're really focused too on highlighting the good that's happening in our community, whether that be a relief fund that's been established by the United Way and the Foundation for the Carolinas that's generated millions and millions of dollars that's going back into local nonprofits who will have hands-on work with people who are struggling to pay their bills, keep food on the table. That's really awesome. But then you're also seeing local business owners use their manufacturing facilities and become really innovative in trying to adapt from their day jobs to producing something that's now helping to fight this virus. I, I just did a Skype interview yesterday with a company out of Concord. They're in industrial textiles and they work a lot in the motorsports field, but now they're making PPEs, those personal protective equipment for medical workers. And I thought this was just fascinating. He told me that the equipment they need, the specific material is really hard to come by. Tyvek, it's this specific kind of gown material. Yeah, that you can't, you can't, like nothing's going to get through it and you can't find it anywhere. And he told me that um, one of his business contacts said, you know, that's the same material that's used in wrapping homes in construction. So the company went to Lowe's and bought rolls of Tyvek that you would normally see around a house that's under construction and they're making medical garments out of it, which is just 
awesome and and inspiring. And so you've seen this rally of this American spirit of how can I help? What can I do? And to be able to feature that on a super local level has been pretty awesome because I love to be able to share those stories to say, hey, look at how this company that made A is now making B and it's really going to help the people who are on the front lines and they're going out of their way and they're happy to do it and they're not on a mission to make money. It's not about revenue. It's about saving lives. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think about it from like from a technology services company perspective, we're always uh, we talk a lot about pivoting and being agile and things like that. And you're just watching the entire world like being forced to be agile and change and adapt and just very, very, very quickly uh, faster than they, they probably ever thought that they would. And it's, yeah. it's so cool to hear, hear stories like that. And I think it makes people feel good about where they live and the community they're a part of when you see people around you really jumping in and helping in any way they can. I don't think that we ever thought we'd face something like this in the United States. I mean, it's 2020 and we live in the United States of America and to see the entire country virtually shut down is pretty unbelievable. I mean, I still can't wrap my head around the fact that I can go to the grocery store and that's about it. You can't really do much else or you're not supposed to. It's just hard to believe that's where we are. But yeah. And I think one of the interesting things, and I don't know if you see this kind of in your in your coverage and, and news, one of the things that brings people together, I think, is always a shared experience. And like this is like the ultimate shared experience in this country where we're all experiencing in some ways, a very, very, very similar situation. Uh, we're all kind of locked in our homes, can only go to the grocery store. I don't know if you want to speak into how you see people kind of uh, connecting or kind of coming together through this shared experience. Well, I think there have been, I mean, even in our own little neighborhood, this just seems so small, but it's just something that's brought some joy to our daughter's life. I mean, you're, you're seeing people who are now, granted, we're all still so tapped into our screens. I'm on my phone, on my laptop, on the television constantly. But we have seen people in our neighborhood out physically walking so much more than I have since we've lived in this neighborhood. And I think that's kind of cool to see kids actually out in their front yard playing because you can only be inside for so long. And little things like you know, our neighborhood has put bears in the windows of all of the houses and the kids go around and, and try to find them all. And our daughter's only two, but she loves it. And and those are just little tiny ways that are you're seeing people try to give somebody something to look forward to and brighten up their day and break the monotony. Because let's face it, we've been joking in the house that it's Groundhog Day, that every day looks the same because you're not leaving. It is cool to see that people are trying to come up with fun, just clever ways to kind of lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, I've always said that I think that like no or being said that you can't do something always spurs growth and creativity and innovation. And those are some of the, the cool stories to kind of to kind of hear in the midst of like you said, all just like the numbers growing and just the really hard news to share. Mm -hmm. You're in a unique situation where almost everybody else in the world who's being impacted this from a business perspective is in the process of how do we continue to deliver our product or our service? How do we continue to produce that, get it out for the consumers? 
you're in a unique situation from the standpoint of your product and your service is what's happening. Like it is the thing that's impacting everyone that's changing everyone's workflow. I guess this is more of a personal, uh, a personal question, like mentally, emotionally, how do you manage consuming as much content as you can to then report it? And it just never turns off for you. Like I can go to, I can focus on a project and turn off the news, but the news is your job. You've got to make sure that you're always right in. That is one thing that's been interesting for me over the last um, couple of weeks. Normally when I work at channel nine, I'm covering subjects that run the gamut from court cases to incidents with police officers to economics to businesses. One of the things I really love about my job is that every day is different when it comes to the subject matter. But now we find ourselves in a situation where the subject is the same pretty much every day, just the chapter is different in a way, if that makes sense. You know, so I'm talking about coronavirus all day, every day, but I might be talking about how it's impacting restaurants and hotels or the foster care system or speaking with doctors who are on the front lines at the testing clinics. So it's always about coronavirus. It just varies in which way. And that can be a little bit overwhelming. And I think think that even my bosses have been great to recognize that and to say, you know, you guys need to take a moment to breathe and to turn it off too. Because, you know, Josh, you and I have talked about this at home. You could be online consuming information about it 24-7. And it can quickly become overwhelming because there's always something new out there. It's just evolving so fast. And so it's been kind of important for me personally to try to, at the end of the day, if I'm done with my, my reports for the news, maybe not look at it for a little bit and, and enjoy little things like going on a walk with our daughter or bath time and bedtime stories and, and putting things into perspective that yes, this coronavirus pandemic is very serious. And yes, it is a global issue. But at the end of the day, I've got to be able to put it in some kind of perspective and and tell myself I'm still a mom, and I'm still a wife, and I'm still a sister, and I'm still a friend. And those parts of my life need some attention too. I guess one last thing uh, to sign off as you're con- as you've kind of covered all of these stories, local and uh, local stories, but you're also tied into what's happening nationally as well. They're all direct implications. What's the takeaway that you want to leave people with as they're watching this unfold, as they're trying to figure out what comes next? What would you want to? What's the message you'd want to leave them with? I would say you know we're we're not in the clear yet, but it will get better. And I think it's pretty awesome to know that we have business owners and entrepreneurs and city leaders and who are really passionate about making sure that we get back to where we were. So I don't doubt that we're going to be fine. I just don't know how long it's going to take to get back there. Well, Allison, thank you so much. I really do know how busy your schedule is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk with us. Thanks, Allison. My pleasure. Do you need more Skookum in your life? Follow us on social 
And if you want to make sure that you're getting connected during the quarantine, outside of just the normal social posts, we are also starting to live stream some of our talks that take place, specifically the Skookum Tech Talks, but also a few other projects that we're working on. So if you want to know the ins and outs of those, make sure you check us out on Meetup. We'll post all the details that you need right there, as well as on our social media channel. So until next time, don't forget to wash your hands and stay nerdy.